Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to another episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Santo, joined, as always, by the Mr. Incredible to my Frozone. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, doing pretty well. Feeling strong. Feeling good. Feeling strong. Yeah, you're buff. You're like the ripped one. I'm, That's right. I don't know where my super suit is. This is very realistic. Uh, your wife's yelling at you. This is very realistic. Eric. Oh. We are joined by Eric Ronnebeck, our very own syndrome. Eric, how you doing? <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Uh, real quick, Kevin and I switching mics oh, for did, tonight. You did switch microphones. I didn't even look at my mic until we started. I realized I'm like, Kevin's got my mic. I, I took don't the care. microphone closer to me. Well, you, you came with it. You came in hot at the beginning, but you seem like you've adjusted. That's because you signaled me and yeah. you insulted me. How <laughs> dare you? Syndrome. He right. only lost because of a baby. It's syndrome. So the Seahawks spent this week in uh, OTAs. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, like redhead uh, guys going to defend shape, the redhead best guy. Best shape of his life type articles coming out. Kevin, what are some of the the the, the rumblings coming out of the Seahawks OTAs? Oh, let's see. Uh, Chris Carson looks good and is impressive. Keenan Reynolds really popped out in uh, OTAs because you can do that, I guess. Uh, Ethan Postage is up 20 pounds, which is presumably good pounds. Uh, Lockett looks like he's playing fast again. No, that actually means anything. Yeah. Welcome to the time of year where I, stories like that get put out. I think the most interesting one is that the team really seems to be pushing this uh, Carson is ready narrative. Like, it's kind of like last year how they were priming us for like Eddie Lacy is going to be on this team and play. And I think that they're they're starting early with this like because Chris Carson looks awesome or whatever. So they're just like, uh, we may maybe didn't need to draft Rashad Penny. Get ready for more Chris Carson, guys. See, for me, it's the postage Yuck. story because they're like, he's up twenty pounds and we're gonna put him at left guard. Y'all yeah. get ready. Yeah, get ready. Well, get ready for a steady dose of, of postage. So, that's uh, that's the uh, the news there. Uh, oh, Deion Jordan's out six to eight weeks with knee surgery. Oh, that was another impact. Nothing. OTA story. Yeah, he doesn't have to learn the playbook. So many camps don't matter for players that don't need to learn the playbook really. And then the other one's a personal indulgence. The team signed Josh Perry, who's a UDFA um, out of Ohio State, and I just really like this guy in the draft process. He's kind of a throwback outside linebacker. Um, he probably won't make the team, but he's interesting depth, and I like him, so I'm going to mention him. Yeah. Uh, we'll be the official podcast of Josh Perry. Okay. <laughs> I don't, not I don't know if that's the corner I want to plant my Not flag to be on, confused but. with Kevin's uh, podcast over Aerosmith, the Joe Perry podcast. As opposed to Eric's Rick Perry podcast. Uh, all right, and then Kevin. Or Steve Perry. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, uh, also this week, um, there was some Madden, Madden news. Shaquem Griffin, they showed it, what he looks like in Madden. Uh which he looks like he does in real life. He looks like Shaquille Griffin, only he's missing something. Yeah, and then the other thing is Madden 19 coming to PC. Kevin, I know you're a, a primarily PC gamer. Are you so? This is your chance now. You haven't I'll been be able getting to, this. You haven't played Madden in a really? long time. Yep, because of because it's you play primarily play with PC. Are you going to get Madden for PC? Uh, I have not had a new football game since the last NCAA football game. Yeah, um, I'll be looking into the franchise mode and seeing how it functions. If the franchise mode is desirable, I will be making a return because I could just use my 360 controller on my uh, computer, which is like having a better Xbox. Yeah, I think that that's like a. I, th I when I saw that it was on PC, I was like, "Kevin's back. He's gonna play a little Madden this year." Yep, that's gonna happen. Now that means that Kevin can get upset at the linebackers intercepting every pass over the middle. Yeah, yep. well, I mean, Eric, maybe don't throw into a, a shallow zone. Maybe like that. bring me back my 2K game series, please. Uh, just because on Madden you call plays like Daryl Bevel doesn't mean. The other thing about weird about Madden is like the the cornerbacks can just an track. Eric Ronnebeck offense looking like an Eric Ronnebeck. That's why offense. that's why I whine about it so much in Sometimes real life. Sometimes the the defense just tracks balls that you're like you would never have tracked that down. That just never would have happened. Yeah, when you turn the difficulty up, here's the here's the hack at home for life hack. Life hack. Just run people. the ball. No, uh, what you do is when you turn up the difficulty, 
turned down the computer catch rating uh, on the AI sliders. That way they don't just intercept everything because it is ridiculous how many interceptions they get. All right. Uh, and then finally, the biggest Seahawks story of the week. We saved the, the I don't know, best slash worst for last. Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas uh, decided... At first, he said he was going to be there, and then now he said, I'm not going to be there. I'm out for uh, mandatory team activities. Is he going to do it? Uh, no, he, I'm he out, didn't do it. I'm out for camp. Uh, so what's the what's the, um, what's the the deal here, guys? What's, what, Eric, let's start with you. Emotionally, because I know you have the strongest emotional reactions of the, the three of us. What do you, How are you feeling about what happened here with, uh, with our boy Earl Thomas? Yeah, um... Earl's my favorite Seahawk, but I feel like this is going to sound really shitty. I think Cam kind of did a disservice to Earl by holding out, getting his new contract when we were kind of like, you know, should we have given Cam a new contract? And because of that, I think the Seahawks are a little bit shy to give Earl that contract, not because of injuries, but because of the age, the fact that we have to really retool now, the fact that we have Cam this year and he's probably not going to play. You know, we're looking at any chance we can to cut costs for next year going going forward and sending Earl to like what what's he gonna get like 12 13 a year that's that's not something this team wants to do so I'm kind of thinking that the Seahawks are probably gonna stand pat you know with a lot of the old guard out they're not going to issue that new contract like they did you know they always said we'll take care of you uh they've taken care of Earl once I don't know if they're gonna do it again kind of sucks but I don't know is is Earl going to hold out all year? Probably not. And I don't really see us giving him a contract extension because we can't trade him for anything of value. We tried to do it during the draft. And there, the, Earl Thomas is not the only guy who decided not to show up to ETAs. And some of these guys, it's mostly just like a miles on my body thing. Jason Pierre-Paul didn't go to OTAs this year. And when asked about it, Jason, they said, you're going to get fined $250,000. And you just said, eh. I'm good. <laughs> so that some for some of these guys, they don't see these organized team activities as now, a here's very... the thing. JPP also doesn't have a track record of making smart choices. <laughs> Let's be honest about this. The guy with half a hand from a firecracker is not a good financial planner. I'm, I'm not surprised. But not a deep. But why? But if guys guys are getting hurt during OTAs, That's we saw fact. the Chargers lost Hunter Henry for the whole season. We lost Deion Jordan for six to eight weeks. Uh, the guys are getting dinged up or stuff done. So what? What is a guy like Earl? Earl actually has something to lose by showing up. And I think for him, in his perspective, he's maybe protecting his future a little bit, saying, like, I'm not going to put any extra miles on my body for this team if they're not willing to step out and do it. I'll play the regular season. Maybe I'll even play some preseason. But I'm not going to play OTAs. I'm not going to go to mini camps. I'm not going to put extra miles on my body in an unsafe – well, you know, because football is a dangerous sport – in an unsafe manner because I need to make sure I make it to a third big contract. Yeah. And that's the thing. He's coming up on 30 years old. He has two significant injuries in his history now. So I can see, as you said, Eric, why the team's a little bit uh, shy after getting bitten by Cam, who's been out with a lot of injuries. Third contracts, is load. Third contracts for defensive players is a, is a thing. Like you, not, not a lot of guys get them. Now, free safety is a position that tends to age pretty well. There's a good chance that he'd be able to age in, through his early 30s. It's not like running back where you just age out real fast. But... At the same time, you understand the team's hesitation. Now, something interesting that uh, was also brought up is his value. What are you going to get for him? If the answer is anything worse than a first-round pick, like, would you rather have Earl Thomas for this season and a third-round pick as a compensatory, or would you rather have a second-round pick now? I don't know. I think having Earl for that transitionary season would be more worthwhile, 
And if you can work out a contract where the market for safeties is depressed right now, you know, that's just gravy. If we could hook him up for three more years, I mean, yeah, I'd be down for it. But yeah, I definitely, I would be hesitant to pay him 13 or 14 million right now. I understand the team's hesitancy. And like you said, Nathan, I understand his hesitancy to go out there and risk injury in what is basically a contract year for him. Yeah, I think the team took a ba- has taken a bad strategy with these like third contracts with Lynch and uh, Bennett, and I think that they this is the price they have to pay for it, right? The yeah. price you have to pay for the fact that you you set a bad precedent is that your best defensive player is now not going to show up to off season activities, and is probably going to have his feelings hurt that we're going to maybe use the franchise tag to keep him next year as opposed to giving him a fresh contract, you know that. That kind of stuff, it's having a very real consequence on the 2018 2019 Seahawks. Um, but but I think that the team is taking a hard stance because they know they can't keep doing that. Um, it didn't work the first time, it was a losing strategy, and so they don't want to get caught up in it again. Well, I don't know what the market for safeties is going to be this time next year or before the draft next year, but unless it's someone in our division, do you see anyone signing Earl to the contract he wants? Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. Unique, talented player, and Dallas could really use some help. And they currently have, uh, you know, Chris Richard, um, who could be kind of the uh, who's the passing game coordinator, and some other BS terms. He's going to want to beat Eric Berry's deal, which was six years, seventy-eight million, forty million guaranteed. I just see that it's just not going to happen. And Berry was the same age. That was a bad deal. Kansas City immediately paid for that. Like, they immediately paid for it because Barry got hurt. Yeah, we should not be paying for Kansas City's mistake, which is kind of what we're being asked to do here. And that's where you're bringing the emotion because, yeah, Earl's better. We want Earl, but it's just... I wouldn't mind all giving, things end. I wouldn't mind giving him like three years, thirteen million, and thirty million of it is guaranteed. Thirteen a year and thirty million is guaranteed, like a big guaranteed number, just to be like, hey, dog, we care about you. We're taking care of you. We're gonna make sure most of you get most of this money. But I don't want him on big money. His thirty, his age thirty five right. season. Yeah, that that like twelve. Them paying Eric Berry twelve million dollars in his age thirty five season is probably not gonna be very uh, appealing. That's gonna be hard to swallow for sure. And they they and they're still gonna be guaranteed money out there because they gave him so much of it guaranteed. Yep. Um, yeah. The uh, okay. Now let's uh, go to NFL stories. There's other guys holding out. Kevin, you had a, a short list. What was yeah, it? So we have David Johnson holding out in Arizona. We have uh, Aaron Donald with the Rams. And then Gronk isn't holding out, but there's a lot of talk about his contract situation. And he's, like, goofing around at practice, like, just throwing balls around, acting all crazy, like, trying... So un-Gronk-like, guys. And there's a lot of stories about how, kind of, last year, the way the team was treating him is the way they tended to handle a player they were about to deal. So there's a lot of questions about, you know, does the franchise want Gronkowski? Does Gronkowski think that he has a long future in New England? And he wants to get paid like a pass-catching weapon, not like a tight end. So this is a lot like that Jimmy Graham New England story. He certainly, and we know, or excuse me, New Orleans story. We know what happened there. Yeah, and he certainly deserves it. I wouldn't be surprised if Gronkowski's wearing a different uniform. Because the thing about Gronkowski is, unlike um, Jimmy Graham, Jimmy Graham, he's a really good blocker. Like really, he's a player. really good. And then he also can destroy you. And he's basically unstoppable when he's fully healthy. Like, you can't stop him from getting open and making catches. That when he's healthy, though, is a big caveat. Yeah, so he has had injury problems every year. He misses, seems to miss, like, four to six games a season. Um, yeah, he's like so. he's like Tyler Eifert for twice as many games. 
Uh, all right. Now, other, other Kevin NFL, knows it'll get me. Other NFL stories. Uh, T.O.'s not going to the Hall of Fame, and a voter came out and said, hey, I would have snubbed him if I knew he wouldn't show up. Like, why? He was he has Hall of Fame stats. Why would it matter if he decides not to show up or not? Because he's a douche, and apparently that matters. Well, I'm going to go a different way. Like, it's not the, it's hall, not of the nice. hall of Nice people, yeah. Well, it's, no, I get it. His stats are probably like the third or fourth best NFL wide receiver stats of all time. He's a, he's a crybaby jerk, but There's you no know what? Way. He's a good That's my quarterback. Come on, did you were you really expecting a great speech from him anyway? I, I mean, was expecting him to pull out a uh, Sharpie from behind the podium and sign his bust. Sign his bust forehead. He's yeah. super broke. He probably was like, hey, what's the what fee do I get for this? And they were like, none. And he was like, mm. like, they're like, and you have to pay your own airfare. He's like, I'm out. I'm out. Like You're not even going to fly me I got out a, there. I got a gold <laughs> gym to open. In Wichita. Yeah. He actually caught passes with NFL teams this offseason, which just blows my mind. Um, the, it's the perfect ending to his career. to just Somewhere skip. Eagles fans are going, oh, now you catch passes. Uh, oh. Hey, I like T.O. Shots fired. Nathan, Nathan I think that's a great thing you said. This is a perfect cap to his career. I think that's, that's it is, probably it's, right it's on. It's him all the way. Uh, I mean, that'd be like, uh, Ty Cobb, we should take him out of the Hall of Fame because he's a big jerk. No, sorry, dude, that's not how the Hall of Fame works, man. And then I think that's about all the NFL stories I care to talk about. There wasn't just there wasn't much that interested me. Oh, Josh week. Allen gets first team reps. No, no. That's our transition in because like that's that's really bad. All right, this is our first week. We're <laughs> we are we are eight, we are eight weeks away from the NFL preseason, which means we are going to do eight weeks of division by division previews. So we did a little prep work. We did a little uh, thinking. We we actually picked every NFL game on the schedule. This is subject to change. Every as with every year, the uh, as we get closer to the start of the season, things change. Our opinions change. We see different things that we like from different players, especially in preseason games, uh, and we start to see these rosters come together. And so, um, we're gonna go ahead and uh, get in here with the AFC East. The AFC East last year was won by the New England Patriots, so that is where we will begin. The Patriots went eleven and five. Oh man, I I closed, I closed the tab. Thirteen and three. Yep. Which is like eleven and five with two more wins. All right, so 13-3, and three, they added Adrian Claiborne, giving them a legitimate pass rusher, Jeremy Hill, Jordan Matthews, Danny Shelton, and Jason McCourty in their pillage of the Browns. <laughs> the De- they, they lost Deion Lewis, Malcolm Butler, Cameron Fleming, Nate Solder, a little offensive tackle bleeding, James Harrison. They signed Sony Michelle, or they drafted Sony Michelle, Isaiah Wynn, and Duke Don- Dawson. So, gentlemen, what do you see for this year's New England Patriots? Start with Eric. I wanted to be bold, but I couldn't bring myself to do it because one of these years, Tom Brady is going to either hang him up and retire or he's going to be so-so. He's going to be Peyton Manning that year he threw 17,000 interceptions late in his career. Peyton Manning with the diaper? Tom versus time, Eric. Tom versus time, Who's going to win this year? Uh, This year, I I just can't root against Tom, man. You want Tom. Hoodie's still there. Uh, Okay, so before when we were picking all these games – we were like, ooh, so-and-so, you know, this team has a brutal schedule. Oh, all first teams are just, they're getting hosed. I think this Patriots schedule is fine. Yeah, it's pretty I mean, they have the, pretty they have doable. the Texans early. When you play in the AFC East, if you, you guarantee yeah, to find no schedule. no kidding. And if you have Deshaun Watson Don't early forget. in the year, when he's probably not going to be healthy or, you know, he's going to be a little rusty, that's when I'll take it. They play the NFC North too, which is not like a, a crazy difficult division to go against. I don't feel like they got the Lions. Well, I mean, they have the Lions <laughs> and the Bears. Well, if you're the Patriots, oh you should beat them. Uh, the 
the Packers and the and the Vikings are going to be tough games. Those are going to be fun games to watch. And they can get a split against those teams, though. Possible Super Bowl previews there. Those are, those are both home games for the Patriots. See, they got the they got the easier teams at on the road and the tougher teams on at home. Yeah, or like they got Kansas City, which is going to be down this year, um, despite being you know like a playoff type team last year. Yeah, totally so different team. There's and, some interesting pulls in the scheduling for them. And I feel like Jacksonville early on isn't really that that's kind of their biggest challenge and it doesn't feel like a challenge i have the jags taking it but it's only because it's in jacksonville the team is to play like a million primetime games too which is an interesting thing to think about yeah because um, that could actually kind of get ugly at some point yeah. this season so they they got a thursday game i the thing about their thursday game is it's right after it's against the colts like i feel like they get lucky with everything like they they get to go on the road to the jets who i think is kind of an underrated team but it's right after a bye week. They, they get, get the Colts on a Thursday, and the Colts suck. The Colts suck, so then they get extra time to prepare for the Chiefs. Like I, I don't know. I feel like their schedule, even though it is not an easy one, uh, I have their strength schedule kind of in the middle. They but, end on two home games. Yeah, they. I, I um, I think that the it lines up pretty good. Uh, Eric, what's your record for the Patriots? I, I'm not proud to say I have them at 13 and three. Okay. I tried to find them a fourth loss. Didn't happen. Kevin, uh, uh, do you have any uh, anything to add to Eric's analysis of the Patriots? Or do yeah, you- I'm a little bit more down on them. Uh, so one thing I think is interesting is Julian Edelman's out with a four-game suspension, which I think, did you see what he tested for? Unknown. Unknown. Thing. You know why? Alien. Yeah, probably. You, a, dude, here's the thing. You can, he has whatever they use to lift the pyramids into people place. Are, people are all about this Edelman suspension. It's like, what are they going to do? <laughs> I mean, they got Philip they they Dorsett. The Cordell Patterson reclamation project is so Patriots. He's going to be so good on this team. It makes me mad. He's going to be mostly a kick returner and run in a straight line. And then I don't, I don't but hate. I like Braxton Berrios to, fit, to fill in for him in the yeah. slot. He, Braxton Berrios is going to be the Danny Amendola Kenny Britt, team. Kenny Britt's not bad. Like the, This team did things to get wide receiver depth. Yeah, it's the top. They don't have like a superstar, but they never they have. one. Yeah, yeah that's not how the team works. Yeah. Matthews, like Jordan Wayne. Matthews is an awesome slot receiver too, Kevin, just as a aside. Yes, he Jordan plays Matthews a, is a great slot He receiver. plays his best out of the slot. Uh, I think Isaiah Wynn's going to slide in at one of the tackle spots and do well. Uh, Sonny Michelle is a really sensible pickup for them. Jeremy Hill and Mike Gillisley, one of them will shake out as a power back, or with the way this team works, they'll just alternate every week. Yeah, because they're annoying. You'll never know which guys, which which of Jeremy Hill, Mike Gillisley, Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, James White, Brandon Bolden, which one of these guys will be good this week? Yep. You won't know. So don't pick them in fantasy. Sorry, fantasy owners. Jerks. I would say Jeremy Hill's the guy that I have question marks about because he had question marks in Cincinnati. Hoodie's not going to take that. <laughs> and then Duke Dawson, I think, is going to be a really good nickel for him, for them, but I don't like their cornerback depth. I think they have issues yeah. at corner. I don't trust their pass rush because Adrian Claiborne is only good against backup Dallas left tackles. So yeah. you I, got him at? I am at 10 and 6. Yeah, I also have them at ten and six. I I mildly disagree with the fact that like their cornerbacks are good if then no one gets hurt. Like Gilmore is a great first corner, and then McCordy is is fine. You if you're soloing up on if you let Gilmore play by himself out there and then just like you know give Gil give McCordy help and then you'll you'll be okay. You'll get away with it and they'll be passable. Claiborne but... Claiborne is a much better pass rusher than they anything they had last year. They had basically no pass rush. Their defense was had a really 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 struggled because of that. So for me. Um, I like the Patriots. My biggest thing is Isaiah Wynn is probably going to be their starting left tackle, and that is going to be a disaster. So 
Um, I like them for ten and six also, just because like Tom Brady. Tom Brady is going to be on his butt a lot. Why Isaiah Wynn figures out how to left tackle is not a good position for him. I like him too, but I, I like don't, him as a right tackle more than a left tackle. Right. I agree, but like, like what you you know, I don't think they're going to roll out like Adrian Waddle or like Marcus Cannon at left tackle. I agree. I, I'm not really sure what their tackle plan is. I, yeah. I, and I disagree with it. Yeah, like I think <laughs> whatever like, their tackle plan is, it's not the plan. I if would they have were like, hey, we're going to roll out Isaiah Wynn at right tackle, I'd be like, oh, that's that's fine, that's good, that's good, solid. Like develop him on the right side. Having him protect Brady's blind side seems like a recipe for disaster. You know, but, team's offensive line I trust even less. The next one on our list. They have the best offensive line coach, though. Yep. It's something to keep in mind. Like, if Isaiah Wynn's going to develop, this is the guy to do it under. He, Scar. He, he, they took, they got rid of him. Their offensive line got bad. Then they were just like, please come back. And they got immediately, immediately good again. Immediately better, yep. Um, okay, <laughs> the next 9-7 and seven Buffalo Bills. They, they backslid into the playoffs last year thanks to the heroics of one Andrew Dalton. Uh, yes, that's right. They needed the Bengals <laughs> to win a game that did not matter to them, and they did. So AJ McCarron, uh, Rafael Bush, uh, Starlo Tulele, Chris Ivory, and Trent Murphy were their big ads. Folks, I want you to know when Nate was looking for who their ads were, it was like a five-year-old scraping the batter bowl for something to lick. I just like, like just like, oh my god! He's, he even pulled out the like, big spoon. He got the spatula. You just like eking something off the side of the bowl just to be able to give you five names of anything adding any star this Here's is the thing about star if you're like looking for starlo to to be really important to their defense which looking at their roster it certainly seems like that's their plan you are in big freaking trouble they they lost ej Gaines, tyrod taylor richie incognito cordy glenn and sharice Wright. uh they drafted josh allen tremaine edmonds and harrison Phillips, Kevin, starting with you, how do you feel about them Buffalo Bills? Oh, man, the answer is not good. When you're going, well, you know, we have Josh Allen, but if he doesn't work out, we have A.J. McCarron. Wow, that's good. You have an inaccurate rookie quarterback who probably isn't NFL ready, but, you know, you have a guy who played half a good game and one and a half bad games to, to be your plan B. This is not good. I don't trust this offense at all. And they also they traded away Cordy Glenn. Uh, Richie Cognito retired, and Eric Wood, their center, had to retire due to injury. They lost three starters on their offensive line, and their offensive line was really the only good thing about their offense last year. Uh, I don't know what to think of Zay Jones yet. I like his potential, but I don't know really what he is. Kelvin Benjamin is kind of a one-trick pony. I just This offense is going to be a dumpster fire, and they're paying Chris Ivory like he's something. And I just, I don't know, man. I don't know what to think of this offense. I think that it wouldn't be surprising if they score less than two touchdowns a game. Yeah, and here's the thing for me, Kevin. Is With like, Shady McCoy. The offense seems like a mess, and the defense I like even less. Because the back, while the back seven is good, like I like Lorenzo Alexander, Tremaine Edmonds, I like Tredavious White. Like I think that the back end of their defense is good. That Their primary pass rushers totaled up like six sacks last year. So where what are they expecting how are they going to generate pass rush like i just don't understand especially because the pass rush from tremaine edmonds is gonna be the last thing that comes for him yeah he's not going to be a pass rusher this year like they're relying on shaq lawson to make the leap this year which we've seen two years of this that's not a thing that's or trent murphy coming off injury to get like six or seven sacks again yeah um because you shouldn't expect lorenzo alexander to be like the sack artist he was last year that's just never been him in his whole career eric you got any bills thoughts before we go to our records yeah i i feel like Everything was said here. It's funny. We talk about how you build the defense, you know, from the front back. And the Bills, they had a front they had a front four for a little bit. Uh, they don't have it anymore. I feel like you can stack the box against this team no problem. Every single game while their quarterback learns. I'd like to go into records because I want to see who has them highest and who has them lowest. 
Yeah. Right. The, okay. I have the Bills at three and thirteen. Ooh. Also three and thirteen. Oh man, I thought I thought like you guys have a five or six. I'm at four and twelve. So apparently, nice. I'm, I'm. You're I'm optimistic. Gonna, I'm going to shock the world. The Bills. Bills are going to shock the you're Bills. World. Truth. Yeah. Here. This just in. Uh, I don't like Josh Allen as a quarterback. I don't know if you guys noticed that over the course of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've we we maybe have trashed him a little bit. All right. I think he's gonna be like nine touchdowns, twenty two interceptions. Last year, the Miami Dolphins went six and ten. Miami Dolphins brought in Josh Sitton, Frank Gore, Albert Wilson, Danny Amendola, and hilariously Brock Osweiler to be their backup <laughs> quarterback. They lost Nadam Kongsu, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, Mike Pouncey, and Jay Cutler. Brett, or that was for you. Drafting Micah, Mike Minka, Fitzpatrick, Mike Gasicki, and Jerome Baker. I'm going to start off with the Dolphins because I am a little into the Dolphins. Um, I think going from uh, Cutler to Tannehill is a big upgrade. I like the wide receivers they put together here with Albert Wilson, Amendola, Parker, and Stills. I think their running back room is one of the most uh, interesting ones in the entire league. Gore gives you a nice like baseline. You're not going to be bad if Frank Gore's your running back. You might not be good because he's so old. And then Kenny Drake is a, a very exciting young player, and Balaj is just the most. He was the biggest wild card in the whole draft for me. Like I just had no idea what he even is. Yeah, as your third running back, he's super interesting. Bringing Fats, Fitzpatrick was really going to solidify their secondary, and we saw what New, New Orleans what can happen last year when you bring in like the best cornerback in the draft. If Fitzpatrick Patrick is what we think he is. This is a real good move. You pair him up with Robert Quinn and Cameron Wake, kind of disrupting the front of that uh, defense. I'm super into this Dolphins team. Uh, Eric, did you did you share my enthusiasm for Dolphins, or I, you, are you out? On I the absolutely Dolphins? do not. I'm out on the Dolphins hardcore. I do not believe that Tannehill is a significant upgrade over Jay Cutler. He hasn't been his whole career outside of you know a handful of games in his rookie season. I think the running back core is interesting i don't know what to make of balash because he hasn't played yet frank gore might be the guy that i feel like this team can lean on because drake Kenyon drake isn't uh isn't compatible with consistency how's that if you want me to be scientific about it i feel like what worked for the saints last year is not going to work for the dolphins i'm super out on this team as, right. as Eric, bad as gonna, you guys were out on the Bills, I'm out I'm on the I'm going to ask you a question. But from 2014 to 2016, in the 45 games that Ryan Tannehill started, what do you think his completion percentage was? 60%. 64.9. Okay. With 70 touchdowns versus 36 interceptions. I'm going to tell you, that's pretty decent. Like, I think Tannehill gets he a little... He's a middle-of-the-pack NFL quarterback. Yeah, I think Tannehill is, was Tannehill is really all right. Like, he's not great. I don't think he's going to win him by himself. But he would neither win nor lose you very but, many games. Yeah, I think he's solid. Like, I don't... Here's the thing. I don't think he's necessarily the problem. Smith territory. But remember, before he got injured, they were talking about, like, this, this is going to be Tannehill's last chance. You know, are they going to move on from him? That's not a great endorsement. He's basically... Uh, Andy Dalton. He's 28 years old. Less yes, redheaded. It's, it's about time he needs to be. He needs to make it this year, and I think that well, I think he, he will, to, and you think he won't. So that's, he needs that's, to make it big. I mean, he can't have another average year. Otherwise, that's all he is, and I look, think that's all he's going to. I be. mean, would you rather have like Tannehill or Flacco? Like, I don't know. I feel like he's way better than some of these guys. These teams, other teams, are going to roll out regular here. season Flacco or playoff Flacco. <laughs> you know, I don't think coming. regular season uh, Flacco can get you to playoff Flacco anymore. This is true. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's go ahead and go through this real quick. I love Loyante Carew. I think he's an interesting player that is going to step up into a better role because Devontae Parker apparently is only a practice player or he doesn't practice and can't get to the field. I don't know what's going on with Devontae Parker, but I think between the two of them, something's going to happen there. I like the Albert Wilson slash Danny Amendola pickups because I think one of those two is going to work out for the team. 
Uh, they got Mike Gesicki and Durham Smythe in the draft, which I think are two of the better tight ends in the draft and allows them to run a heavy set, which is a really good thing to have with Frank Gore. I actually think their two tight end single running back formations are going to be super interesting with uh, Kenyon Drake, uh, Durham Smythe, Mike Gesicki, and then running out the receivers they have because they're going to have a lot of flexibility in what they can run. And Adam Gase is a really good offensive coordinator. And the more he can be offensive coordinator for this team, the better the team's going to do. I actually trust uh, Adam Gase quite a bit. So, don't forget their defense coordinator is now the best defensive coordinator beard in football. I mean, now that now that um we we lost that guy to the the Lions, um, uh, Patricia. Now that Patricia's Patricia. gone. Yeah, I mean, this is he, the other thing too is Matt Burke, their defense coordinator, played safety for Dartmouth, so he also has that like I'm really smart rocket scientist thing going for him. Like, okay, we're gonna have to hear about his GPA all friggin' year. Um, uh, Kenny, hey, the other thing with Kenny and Drake is I think he has that Dion Lewis scenario where like you get him like 15 touches a game and he can be very explosive for you. Right. And that's something that shouldn't be underrated. I also think they added a lot of speed to their defense with the last two years. Minka Fitzpatrick is a really good nickel corner. They added Cordray Tankersley last year. And Jerome Baker at linebacker is another really fast player. So they, their defensive speed is going in, is trending in the right direction, along with adding Quinn as an extra pass rusher. I really think there's a lot to like about, like about this team. Okay. Um, I have them at 9-7 and seven and just slipping into the – playoffs is a massive tiebreaker so i i kind of have a glut of teams at eight eight nine and seven that i think could all be there i hope this picture becomes clearer for me before the preseason starts because i don't want to be like it could be any of these teams but right now i have the dolphins just slipping in nine and seven though not not like great but not bad either i think they'll be pretty decent um eric what's your record for the dolphins three and 13 wow you're you're planting your flag in the dolphins like under I'm out. You know we. Sh- you know I should. Uh, I should let you uh, bet in the. Now that it's legal to gamble, you should bet that Dolphins under. I think it was like seven and a half. All I'm, right. I may or may not do it, Kevin. Uh, I have Miami Dolphins at eight and eight because I can see them going either seven and nine or nine and seven. I think they're right in the pack there. I think they have a thin but talented defense, and I think they have an offense that their offensive coordinating coach can work with. I remember they were, they were six and ten last year. With a directly worse roster. Their roster got better. Their schedule did not get harder. So I see no reason why they should finish any worse than they did. Um, all right. And our last team we're going to come to is the team that surprised us last year by not going 1-15. and They were surprisingly okay. And that's the New York Jets. J-E-T-S. We're okay. The Jets added Avery Wilson, Tremaine Johnson, Teddy Bridgewater, Isaiah Crowell, Andre Roberts, Terrell Pryor, and Charles Johnson. That's more than five. Yeah, I did go more than five because I think there's a glut of players at the end here that I need to just talk about. They added uh, a lot of interesting dudes. Demario Davis. Uh, they lost Mar- Demario Davis, Muhammad Wilkerson, Coney Ely, Austin Sferian Jenkins, and Nick Mangold. They drafted Perry Nickerson, Sam Darnold, and Nathan Shepard. And here's my thing with the Jets offseason, okay? is they What they did is they went out and they looked and they said, we got cap room. Let's sign a bunch of dudes that maybe are good to some you know low-risk, high-reward contracts. So they went and get all – they will go and get all these guys – to these low risk high reward contracts and they're going to just hope a couple of them pan out and if they do this team will be pretty decent and if they don't well i mean they they were going to suck anyway they're the jets so who cares um like if prior sucks okay like that 
whatever. They're no skin off my back if I'm a Jets fan, right? I have we low expectation back. for this team. Let's get. We need a running back. Let's get uh, Thomas Rawls and Isaiah Crowell, and one of them might be good. Yeah. We need a wide receiver. Let's get Andre Roberts and Terrell Pryor, and one of them might be and Lucky Whitehead, and one of them might be good. We need a. Let's get these five guys, and one of them might function. This kind of reminds me of the seat uh, of Seattle in like 2011. Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm just. Uh, yeah, I like this. De- this um, this they did a thing. They did a thing this offseason, and I, I kind of <laughs> like it. Uh, I'm not crazy about the Jets. I think they'll be really okay. It really depends on who their starting quarterback is. I want to be honest with you. I think the highest upside play is to put in Bridgewater. There's just an unknown factor there. He seemed like he was turning the corner before his horrific injury. Um, McCown obviously can hold the fort down. Uh, Darnold is the uh, the we need to develop this guy. We need to develop this guy, so we're just going to let him get his reps in, take his lumps this year, because I don't think Darnold's the kind of quarterback who's going to take his lumps as he learns in the NFL. Uh, so that's uh, that's my Jets take. I kind of like the Jets. I think they play in a weak division. They get to play the Bills twice, so that's really good. Uh, I think the Dolphins are decent, like as as I already said, but. You can cough up. You get two free wins. That's going to put you a little higher than you maybe should be. I have the Jets at seven and nine. Ooh. Um, but I have them going one and eight versus teams with winning records. <laughs> just so, just so you know, teams I ha- things I think are good, they are very bad against. But they're six and one against teams that are bad because I think this is like the good bad team. They're not good. They're not actually good, but they beat bad teams and they like hold their own. And they are interesting. And you see where they're going to be in a couple years, right? Yep. You're like, oh, in a couple years, like with one or two more guys, this team will be good. Eric, what are your feelings about the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets? We're forgetting the wild card, the true wild card of the Jets. And that's their head coach, Todd Bowles. I left it for you. Todd just Bowles. Just so you know. Yeah, th- I figured, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like Todd Bowles. I think he's uh, a very underrated coach simply because he is the coach of the Jets. But... <laughs> this time last year, I was picking the Jets to win like five or six games, which they wound up doing. And we were like, "What? The when Jets I said roster that, so bad." Every week when they when we do the picks on the podcast, I'm like, "They are going to shock the world, and they're going to beat the Bengals this week." And we'd laugh, and they do it. And I too am a little high on the Jets. High being out of the playoffs by two or three games, <laughs> <laughs> but they got a ways to go. Right? Here's the thing: they have a ways to go, but they are slowly building their roster. They're wisely building their roster. Like, they're not going out and, like, let's get in Dominican Sue for no Jimmy reason. Johnson. That was not wise. Uh, this, this, <laughs> this is a possibility, Kevin. But I'll say this about they the They really Jets. overpaid Tremaine Johnson. But they really needed a the corner. Jets, I feel like the Jets are biding their time for Brady to go down. It makes perfect sense. They're going to slowly build this team to be competitive. Tom versus time will have its ultimate conclusion. There needs to be a new face at the head of the AFC East. I love it. And I see the Jets doing it. I think as long as they keep Todd Bowles, you know, over the next couple of years, here's, it's going to be fine. Here's the most Jets thing that could happen. You ready? The Jets go six and ten this year. There, it's not a very exciting six and ten. Like it's just they only beat bad teams. They get crushed by the good teams. They fire Todd Bowles for some reason. He goes to Cleveland and is successful. <laughs> and the Jets and the Jets are just miserable for like. Five more it's like seasons. What the opposite of what happened with Bill Belichick and the Browns? <laughs> exactly. Like just, just he's so just. What was your record on them? Uh, I have them at seven and nine. Also, All right. Kevin, where do you have the Jets? Uh, so I really like a few of the things that they did here. I think it's really cool. They have a bunch of assets stacked up at wide receiver. So odds are it'll like between Ardarius Stewart and Devin Smith and Andre Roberts and Sharon Peak and Quincy Anunwa and Robbie Anderson. Lucky Whitehead, like, Charles Johnson, like they have yep. all these guys. They have all these guys and all of them are like 
you could see a path to them being an above average player. And they have that situation at a lot of places. I think their offensive line is the weak link in the offense right now. And if that can be shored up, I think they could have an average to above average offense. On defense, they've been hemorrhaging players off their front seven the last couple of years. They've gotten a little bit faster. I really like uh, Darren Lee, um, their draft pick from a couple of years ago. I think that what they've done at defensive back is really cool. So Jamal Adams and Marcus May were really nice pickups at safety. They have their safeties of the future now, and I think Jamal Adams is an excellent player. Uh, Tremaine Johnson was overpaid, but they you could basically... Okay, leave it this way. When I was trying to figure out what to do last year uh, at wide receiver when I had injuries on fantasy, I would go, who's playing against the Jets? Is their number two receiver available? Because they were going to get like 80 yards and a touchdown or two. Because that was how bad the number two corner situation and they have was. Good, and they have good safeties, too. Like, yep. They did, it's not even that they had bad. They had good safeties, and they were just getting torched all the time. So now it's Mo Claiborne and Tremaine Johnson. You have above-average corner play. You have good safeties. And Perry Nickerson is uh, was a sixth-round draft pick, nickel cornerback, and I think he might be one of the steals of this draft. Looking at his skill set, if you watch his college tape and everything, I think he was one of the better nickel corners in the entire draft. He's a little undersized. He played at Tulane, and I think that he kind of got buried a little bit. But he's somebody I think could end up being a difference maker because Buster Skrine is not a terrible player. But I think that Perry Nickerson should beat him out. Or if he doesn't, he will by the end of the year. I like a lot of what's going on with this team. I think you guys are right. I just don't think this is the year. I think they're a team that's a year or two away which I hope Todd Bowles can last for. I'm at 6-10. and 10. Okay. We're all about um, the same. Perfect timing to wrap that up, Kevin, because I have breaking news. Two, we record on we record on Tuesday nights. UFC Tuesday Night Contender Series, week one tonight. Guess who was fighting? That's your, that's your friend. Gre- Greg Hardy fought Austin Lane, <laughs> and Greg Hardy knocked him out. So this is, the first, this is his first knockout against men. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, I can't, I can't, I, I saw I this before we recorded it and I was like, uh, I hope Nathan doesn't talk about this. Yeah. So I really hope he fights Derek Lewis and Derek Lewis just sends him into the orbit. That's my, that's my sincerest hope for Greg Hardy. I used to love him and now I hate him so much because uh, I just don't have any tolerance for domestic abusers. Just, I just don't have any tolerance. Oh, for agree. So, yep. Um, but he did, he looked good in the fight. Like he, he seriously looked powerful. Like he knocked Lane out. All right, so that's it for our um, ASC's preview and Greg Hardy report. Um. So all of us have New England making the playoffs. Uh, two out of three of us have My, Miami as a fringe Miami contender. Miami a fringe contender. Except for Eric. Eric hates Miami. Uh, we, we all buried Buffalo, yep. and we all think that the, uh, the Jets are aight. The Jets are all right, but going to finish it with a poor record. Here's okay. the thing. We're all pretty much in line. Nothing is going to skew too far away from anything we said. The Patriots are going to win the division. Everything else is going to just shake out as Except if it Eric's doesn't matter. Be completely wrong about Miami. Ooh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll find out. They were six and ten last year, so I mean, Eric is just Eric seeing them as being even worse. Drink of that haterade. I just see everyone else is better and the Dolphins worse. Okay, that, that's fair. I'm optimistic about yeah some of them. Let's head over to the money zone where you can uh, help the Seahawks Nest podcast become the greatest Seahawks podcast of all time. That's not a thing. All right. We, uh, Nathan had so much momentum going into that sentence, and then he was just like, I'm going back. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna Let's reel that, that one. I'm gonna back. reel that one in a little bit. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Uh, this week we were joined by another uh, patron, Mike. Thanks thanks for joining the team. Uh, you can support our page, page the Seahawks Nest podcast for as little as a dollar twenty four a month. We're gonna start posting our gambling podcasts up on there when the regular season starts. Summer's um, about to hit, so you get yeah, some breakdown teams these, as these, Nathan and I have time. These teachers are about to hit summer, so we're about to hit the. Um, Oh, man, the I, deepest of dives. Yeah, we can, We're gonna actually the time have, when we can like, actually dig time. into tape. Uh, so for For Forrest, Lucas, Carrie, Mike, David, Mirza, Keith, Arthur, Frank, Tom, Michelle, Josh, Brett, Augustine, William, Russell, Kevin, Cody, and Kimberly. Thank you again for your support. We could not do it without you. And then finally, uh, if you are broke or you're a teacher like me and Kevin, and you don't Which have any broke. money. And so, so you want to support the Seahawks podcast another way. You can head over to Zuckerberg's evil net at facebook.com slash the Seahawks nest and give us a like. You can head over to twitter.com slash Seahawks nest and give us a follow. You can give us a review on your favorite podcast app, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google play store, anything you want. Just give us a thumbs up, a five star review. It helps more than you could possibly imagine. Um, we're up to like, 35 reviews on itunes it blows my mind yeah thank you guys uh, it's a pain in the butt to use a, that interface yeah. and we appreciate it it's just like i'm just like wow people really care because if you didn't care like they wouldn't even take like it's not like a five second progress no joke i have uh <clears throat> 70 podcasts i currently like regularly listen to mm-hmm. or am going through the backlog of and i've only gone out of my way to review like six of them Kate. so i appreciate you guys so um I went through the list of cities we're listening from because I'm always interested to see if, like, I think they're real cities. And, I mean, this week, as well, always lately, I think they're all real except for I got to know. If you're out there, Jakarta, Indonesia. I saw we got listens from Jakarta, Indonesia this week. I want to know, Indonesian Seahawks fans, who's your favorite Seahawks player? It's a big so, port city, so I could see it. If you are in Indonesia and you're listening to Seahawks Nest, maybe you're just like an expat and you, yeah, you just wanted to... Uh, we can make a big deal out of you like we do with Augustine. Come on. Guys, yeah. uh, there's a chance that they think that we are very Karen or very Mantap. It's very possible. <laughs> you guys can look that up later. Uh, all right. So, uh, Movie Zone. Uh, we have a little time today uh, to get go deep. And so, I thought it'd be fun if we did the... The, the funnest thing that we could possibly do. Kevin, are you ready? Am I ready for the greatest Fantastic Four movie of all time? No. So, the, so <laughs> That's actually true. Uh, so the, the Incredibles 2 releases this Friday, and I thought it'd be fun if we did Eliminator? a Pixar Eliminator. Yes! I knew Kevin would love this. A oh, Pixar Eliminator. So, yes. Uh, I can't wait for a movie that we all think is the third best movie to win. Yeah, well, yeah, you know no what? Kidding. It could be worse. So I'm going to read off the Cars name. Cars 2. Can, can I eliminate it yet? Uh, just wait a second. Cars three. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna read off. There have been a grand total of nineteen Pixar movies to this point. Okay, so I'm gonna put them all on a spreadsheet right now, and then I'm gonna read them off to you. You got? Are you guys? Uh, yes. Are yes. you guys ready? Oh, toy man. Toy we, Story. We, we talk about these 1990, movies all the time. So this too. is the first movie. 1995 is a Toy Story. A Toy Story. Uh, then we went to a Bug's Life, Toy Story two, Monsters Inc., Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, Cars, Ratatouille, Wall-E. This is in chronological order, by the way. Up. Toy Story 3, Cars 2, Brave, Monsters University, Inside Out, The Good Dinosaur, Finding Dory, Cars 3, and Coco. And I will say this. I've seen all of these but two. I have not seen. Um, I recently watched Inside Out because I hadn't seen it yet. That's a good movie. And it was a good movie. You're right. Um, and then I have not seen uh, Cars 3. And I Oh, no. I actually watched Cars 3. I've not seen Cars 2. I got you there, bro. 
And I've not seen Finding Dory. So I'm, I'm going to say if I eliminate so Finding Dory. So, you, so someone in this room has seen The Good Dinosaur? I have. Okay. I have. I, and I don't hate it, but I, I don't love it. That's Here we the go. only one I haven't uh, seen. Okay. Let's start list. it off. Uh, um, we're going to do a random. Uh, I'm thinking of number two, one, and ten. Kevin, go. Seven. Eric. Three. All right. The number was six. Kevin, you are first. Kevin, which movie would you Cars like two. to? Cars 2. Kevin, I knew you were going to pick it. Windmill. Ke- Kevin, why don't you like Cars 2? Uh, it was a I never bad saw it. movie. Okay. Uh, so Cars 3, Fair. or Cars, was, Cars is probably the worst single run uh, Pixar movie. Uh, and then they made a sequel for it. So it's worse than that. Uh, it's very Mater focused, which that's a problem. Real real quick, I got to interject. Um, I'm not a fan of Cars. And we'll see when we when it gets to me who I, I'm going to eliminate. <laughs> but w- explain what you don't like when you said... Y- what did you say about Cars 1? Cars 1, very... I think Cars 1 has the weakest main character. Okay. Uh, I think it has the uh, least interesting plot. That's what you said, yeah. So I... Cars can't hold things. Like, I don't understand. What, what is the point of this movie? Like, the, when they get on a map... It's like I'm... a journey, and he's got to go. I, I felt like... It's fine. Oh, here's it was the very thing, formulaic. I said it's the worst Pixar movie. That's a high bar. Like, yeah, the... all the other Pixar first title movies, and even a lot of their sequels, are very, very good movies. This is just, it's a middle-of-the-road kids flick. As far as kids flicks go, like, I was, it's not a, it's non-offensive to watch when my children were younger and they wanted to put a movie on. I was never like, no, not Cars. But I would be like, would you rather watch Monsters, Inc.? Because, like, that's you, a really good movie. You bribe them with the better, yeah, exactly. with the better just, Pixar just, movie. I, you know, when you can help scaffold a child into a better learning experience, I'm a teacher, man. That's what I do. All right, Cars 2 has been eliminated, the 12th Pixar film. Eric, which car... Which Cars 3 movie would you like to eliminate? <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned that, Nathan, because I was thinking about uh, Cars 3. <laughs> okay. The 18th Pixar film is Cars 3. I recently watched this movie. I thought it was boring. That's the word I would use to describe it. The best it. thing about this was... Cars 2, I guess? Yeah, the uh, the preview was pretty cool because it was like... <laughs> we were all like, oh, Lightning McQueen's going to die? This is amazing. I was hoping for more Days of Thunder, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll just I'll just finish this off and eliminate Cars, so we can just get it out of the All way. Right. It's not gonna win, uh, and also I just think the first Cars movie is not really anything special either. Uh, those movies were made to sell toys to kids, and you can't convince me otherwise. Uh, Pixar was like, "Hey, let's sell out for a little bit." They made Planes and a bunch of other spinoff things too that went straight to DVD. So I you can't convince me that they didn't just decide like, "Hey, let's sell out a little bit and make a bunch of Cars merchandise." The first Planes movie also. Very middle of the road children's flick that is non-offensive yeah, to watch. And also, none of, like I'm not saying these movies are bad. I'm just I don't not super. They're just them. fine. Okay, Sad Kevin, we never got boats. Kevin eliminate a, a movie that's not Cars. All right, uh, <laughs> this is where it's going to get tough. So I'm going to eliminate a movie I actually like and think is underrated, but it should not be anywhere near the top five. And that is I'm going to eliminate a Bug's Life. Okay. Oh, okay. I really very much enjoy that movie. I think it's a very good movie, but when you're talking upper echelon Pixar, it does not, it does not a, get there. I think there's a reason they haven't gone back there. Like the, They recently have decided to go back to a bunch of their old franchise, and there's no like a Bugs Life 2 rumors, because I just think no one cares that much. It It's a solid but unspectacular movie. That's the perfect review. Yeah, exactly. And I hate saying this because it shouldn't matter, and I think Ratatouille had this too, but it didn't suffer for it. There's no star power in a Bugs Life. Okay. A lot of solid. It's they're fi- it's a fine cast. It's a good movie. I very much enjoy it. But the guy from Kids in the Hall, Julia Louis Dreyfus from Seinfeld, James Woods. Come on, man! You don't like Patton Oswalt and uh, Brad Garrett in a 
in those are those are two <laughs> A-list very, actors in Ratatouille and Ratatouille. That's yeah, Ratatouille. I, that's that's the thing though. Like, it, they're great in that movie and they're good voices. That's why yeah, I said Ratatouille does not suffer we're from no it. Tom Hanks. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Ratatouille didn't didn't it didn't matter as much. Bugs Life it it did. Okay, Eric. Your elimination next. Do you need if you need me to refresh? The no, list, man. I I got this. Uh, maybe next. Maybe next round. Uh, the good dinosaur. Okay. One. It's not. I didn't really that like it. Mine. And I'll tell you this Number right. Two, not that good of a dinosaur. Just, it's just he's, he's he's not a great dinosaur. Not a great dinosaur. I'll say this about. I don't want to go too deep because we we have such a big list. I'll say this. Back in the old cartoon days, I loved Ducktales. I liked Darkwing Duck. I hated Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And people say why? And I'm like because humans would talk. And so were the chipmunks, but like ducktails, they were all animals. That's my problem with the good dinosaur. The dinosaurs are talking, the people are talking, they're not talking together. I don't get it. I'm out. Yeah. So you I, wanted dinosaur subtitles? I think he wanted the dinosaurs <laughs> to talk to the people and the I people wanted, to talk to the dinosaurs back. Yeah, or or no no like human, God intended. No humans at all. Thank yeah. you, Kevin. Thank you. Yeah. I thought the good dinosaur is a decent movie. Uh, I just didn't I, I yeah, you're right. It's never gonna win this, so why even just continue on? All right, I'm going to make the first controversial decision of the whole thing. You guys ready for this? Nope. I'm going to cut Finding Nemo. Uh, Because uh, I... Before Finding Dory? I haven't seen it, so I'll let you cut Finding Dory. (laughs) Uh, Because I think Finding Nemo, while good, there are several Pixar movies I like a lot better, including almost every single one on this list that I've seen. Um, It's it's good, but not great. It's... um, I seen it about I've seen it about a thousand times and I think that maybe makes me hate it a little bit more than some of these other movies like if someone asked me which of these movies do you want to watch Finding Nemo would probably be the last pick of any movie that's left that's the problem though Nathan and why I think this stings is because I think you could argue that Finding Nemo is in the top two most watchable overwatchable uh, Pixar movies I don't know personal disagreement As, if okay, you're asking kay. me what the one I like the most is if you it, ask me to sit down and watch a Pixar movie and I have not seen I've seen Finding Nemo less than 10 times. Okay. I, and I have kids. And Finding Nemo, I would put knocking on the door for top five, but probably not a locked top five. So this does not offend me. And then another thing, too, for me is that Kevin knows this. When you, when you, when you take standardized tests in a school, after, the, <laughs> after standardized tests are over, you have like an hour or two to kill usually. And the kids' brains and, are literally coming out of And the kids' their are brains melting. are fried. They just did four straight hours of work. So you're just like, we're not going to do anything serious. Let's watch a movie. So I've seen all of these Pixar films a lot of times because these are some of my go-tos. And I'm just going to tell you, like, I, if I never see Finding Nemo again, it will be too soon. Like, I will put on almost any of these other movies over it. So that's just me. Um, I'm not trying to be like, I know that maybe someone thinks like, are, is plotting their revenge against my favorite Pixar movie right now, but. I think you're fine. I think you're fine. It's uh, just, but it's, it, like Kevin said, it's knocking on the door. Uh, Kevin. My elimination is, we're getting into controversial territory again, my least favorite of the series, Toy Story 2. Yeah, I agree. Toy Story 2 is the worst one. Took mine, Kevin. It's it a mine. good movie, but it's definitely the third best Toy Story movie, because God, the end of Toy Story 3 gets you. Yeah, right, toy, right in the feels. Toy Story three has like the just it's just a de- it's a really touching story. We'll get there when we get. And there, I man. think it has like the best jokes. But Toy Story two, <laughs> Toy Story two is a uh, is. I, I thought I it was agree. a fine sequel. It's but, a yeah. good movie. It is definitely this is where it should be. This living. is why this gauntlet's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because we're eliminating movies that are really good already, and we still have like twelve movies yeah, left. This is a list of like basically all sevens, eights, nines, and tens. But here's the thing: there are some tens on this list for me. For me too, uh, Eric. Uh, I'll I'll just. Get the easy, the low-hanging fruit. Uh, Finding Dory, I didn't really... It was on Netflix. I didn't really care about it. I enjoyed Finding Nemo. 
Finding Dory was... I'll give it the Kevin review. It's fine. It's solid. It was an enjoyable watch. I think this is the right spot to eliminate Brave. Uh, A kind of underrated movie, but it it is a little messy. Um, It's not like... It's not as tight as some of these other movies for me. Uh, And the movies that are left are all freaking awesome. So I'm just going to take... Take brave at. The, I also feel at like the point. secondary characters in that movie are weaker than a lot of other movies. Agreed. I think Merida is a Kevin. very good movie. I mean, but the secondary characters in other for movies me are really strong. I can understand why someone would eliminate some of these other movies first, right here, and I'll read the whole list in a second because we're down to like ten. But, but for me, like it's the one I I would find the least desirable to watch at this point. Toy Stories left. Monsters Inc., The Incredibles, Ratatouille, Wall E, Up, Toy Story Three, Monsters U, Inside Out, and Coco. Kevin, you're up. Uh, there's two movies I think really deserve to be the next two off the list, and I'm gonna go ahead and tackle the one I think other people are less likely to take, and that's Wally. Okay, what what is it about Wally that you feel like it's the right time for it? Like, I do- feel like it's the right time for Wally because Wally is the one that is the more disjointed of the movies. I feel like it's tracking multiple plot lines that don't that aren't super cohesive, and it has like this stand back narrator in the form of Wally. Um, like I feel like the real movie is about the uh, fat, lazy, awful people in the spaceship, and see, I then want, it I'm has the other the way. Robot thing going. I like the robot love story, and I could have done without the fat, lazy and people in the spaceship. That's my whole thing. Is I feel like it needed to minimize one of the two storylines to make a great movie, and it kind of fifty fiftyed it. And I feel like the movie suffered a little for it. It's still a very good movie. I'm I'm gonna just split right down the middle with you guys, and uh, you you found it. It's two separate movies. Yeah. The beginning, of, the moment Wally gets to space is when I want to stop watching, and then the very end when it gets sad and then good again is when I pick it up because yeah. that's a great story. In the mm-hmm. middle, it's a great theme and it's kind of you know interesting. A, and it's a, a good it's, it's a commentary it's on American culture and blah blah blah, and it's that's brilliant and it was really brave at the time because you're like Disney's actually doing this shit. But uh, I had that on my list of maybe you know maybe a winner, uh, but I'm glad you cut it. Yeah, it it for me it's like that that beginning scene, the beginning of that movie with Wally going around and so playing charming. the music, and then it's such it's so gutsy to not put any um any uh, voices in, yeah. a, in a kids movie like no that. dialogue for um, like the first long and I've while. watched this with kids before. Kids get drawn into it. This is it's a, such a charming beginning of the movie, beautifully put together scenery but, too. But like at at the point where they go to space, I'm just I I think the movie kind of suffers. It and, uh it drags. It it gets a weird, weirdly choppy because they have to like bounce between like here's what Wally's doing. Here's this whole other plot line. Here's the captain. Here's how yeah. they kind of are related and not related. Yeah, they like, don't feel yeah. like they fit together super well. All also, right, um, that was Eric, or is that Kevin? That was, that was Kevin. Me. Eric, you're up. Uh, you know what? I missed it. I don't care. Monsters, you. I like Monsters, you a lot. This I think it's the time. It I think it's out. underrated, but you're right. It's probably the next. It's one. just not going to win. It is my second favorite uh, Pixar sequel, so that's why I feel like it should be going out here. Uh, Monsters, you. It's it's kind of a fun watch. Like I, it's I know it's not good good in terms of like it's not a ten, but like I just have fun whenever I watch it. I would say <laughs> what you said about Finding Nemo, find, uh, Monsters, you is incredibly watchable. Pick it up at any point during the movie. There will be a scene to enjoy. The whole like frat house challenge thing is fun and funny. There's some good character development. The climactic scenes are good. And I love the montage at the end. Like it's a very fulfilling movie to watch after you've already seen Monsters Inc. Alright, I'm gonna 
Oh, this is really hard. I like all of these movies that uh, are left. Go so back much. over that list again because this is Toy Story, a list Monsters of Inc., Incredibles, Ratatouille, Up, Toy Story Three, Inside Out, Coco. I'm gonna take out. Oh my gosh, I can't. I'm gonna do this. Toy Story One, the the oh, OG. Before three. I like uh. I like three better. I think Ooh. Toy Story has a great villain. That's the Sid character. It's got a lot of cool stuff going on. I think three has a story that is more. Um, human and relatable to me. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I'm going to go with Toy Story 1 over Toy Story 3. I think it's great that you That's did that because it's hard to do that you did that. But Toy Story has aged very well, but it doesn't have meaning like, like the, the other, the Pixar, other Pixar movies. Yep. Yeah. Good kind of where I was at. It doesn't, yeah, it wouldn't crack my top three because it doesn't hit my heart as hard as the other ones do. And you will see when some of those get eliminated how. Like, that's the thing I will say about this list, though, is, like, I don't know if I have a number one. I have a number so one. So I'm going to feel pretty good about this. So when I have a number one, and I know it's going to get eliminated at some point, and I'm going to be mad about it. But I'm just <laughs> going to have to suck it up. Okay, uh, that was my elimination. Kevin, what do you got? Oh, let's see. I'm going to have to go with, I think... I have a number two, clear number two also, so I can, uh, as long as one of those wins, I'm good. I think we're at a good time to eliminate... Up. Yep. Up. I, up was my next movie too. Uh, the first fifteen both minutes of, of Up it's t- is one of the best sequences in any movie ever. And if you are completely unemotionally devastated at the end of it, you're a robot. Yeah. My thing is about but Up. There's some is, spots that drag. Is that there's parts that I just that are are kind of boring, and they the rest of the movie makes up for it. It's yeah. still a nine. <laughs> but at this point, we're at nines and tens. I'm yes. not. I'm not. I'm like picking between thing movies that I really like. There at this are point. legitimately four tens, three or four tens on this list for me. Yeah, and so, so this is hard. Man, so I, I like Up a lot. I was really hoping Up could take it all. I will say that there's another movie I feel like directly replaced it. When they're me. looking for the snipe, uh, you know the whatever that creature is, yeah, and they find a. Uh, Kevin, I believe its name is. Yeah, I wasn't going to say that. At some it's, point, yeah, sorry. I, it just came to mind. I wasn't even... As an elementary school teacher, it's not my favorite thing that they did that. <laughs> maybe maybe that's why I thought of it, because I looked at you and I was like, what is his name? Uh, I'll say that I guess at that point, I kind of look away when it's on TV, you know, like I don't care that much. Fine, you made a hard decision for me. I'm going to go hard decision here. Uh, I just don't feel like this is the best Pixar movie, even though it is very good and I'm um, going back to back on the monsters. I'm gonna eliminate Monsters Inc. Great, That's fair. great movie, but um, this is a good spot for it. It I is, agree. and also I just uh, you cracked the top five or just missed it. Sixth. Okay. Yeah. I feel like all the characters were strong. It would be in I, my top five. It would have passed one of these movies, but this is basically my top five. Same you guys, here. you guys are, you guys are. Yeah, really I just I didn't this. love every other character outside of. Uh, you know, Mike Wazowski and uh, Sully. Mike Wazowski's awesome. Always watching yeah. it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't love. Oh, see, I love that character. I like that, that character was used. Too. She's and fine, my lo- but my love of old horror movies made that just special. Okay, that got my heart. Oh, is it my turn? Yeah. Okay, this is five movies that I really, really like, and I kind of want to take one out that to make sure that one of my mine makes it. But I won't be strategic for once. For once, I won't eliminate a movie out of spite. I will just do the right thing and take out Toy Story three. That this is, was definitely the one I was going to take. This next. is the spot. Um, it's 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 sad. A Toy Story three, I think, is a, a good, really good movie. But this is the right spot for it. Uh, I, it's the movie that I would have taken out of my top five uh, for Monsters Inc. So, I am in the exact same spot as you, Nathan. Uh, uh, I one hundred percent agree. Then I, I have a clear next movie too, so I'm hoping Kevin does does what I, I don't think. Know, he man, does. There I thought... are two movies I'm looking at taking out next, and. I'm going to go with The Incredibles. All right. 
It's a very, very good movie. Well, As I said, the best Fantastic Four movie. One of the best superhero movies of all time. Yeah. Um, the montage of the different superheroes uh, dying from cape-related injuries is amazing. This is, a, this is a really strong secondary characters movie. You talked about Frozone already. Like, that's a great character. And the whole, like, Bl- Blues Brothers style a, reference on that is great. And it's the, my favorite the character fact in that the that they were not able to just make a great kids movie, but also make a great superhero movie is a high degree of difficulty, yeah. I think. And, and this they really pulled it off. Kevin made the joke that it's the best Fantastic Four movie, but don't forget, this came out this uh, just before the Fantastic Four movie came out. And Fantastic Four had to rewrite their uh, their last third of the movie. Yeah, because this did it better. <laughs> yeah. Fact. Well, All I mean, right. they that's they just they took the idea of the Fantastic Four. Is that the one that Four. you're going to take out? All right, I'm going to get no matter what I get to give I'm well, going to get to give my first or second movie the championship. Hold on. Eric, right. what? What's can I need a list? Ratatouille, Inside Out, Coco. So my number one and number two are left, Eric. So you guys are you, you guys are going to hate me. Someone's going to hate me in this. You're going to hate me because I haven't seen it. No, and don't eliminate a movie you haven't seen. Eliminate a movie you've seen. You guys do this petty shit every time we do the gauntlet. <laughs> and I'm and I'm not eliminating one of the movies I really like, so I'm taking out Inside Out. Okay. Just because oh, gosh. I get it's one of it. those movies I didn't get to see because I didn't I couldn't bring myself to care about it. And I've heard from everyone, oh yeah, you should see it. It's good. But it didn't resonate there, with me in the previous. If you watch it, it will. Okay. There's a weird thing too in this movie where I feel like it's a little it's a little nonsensical at points. I'm like, what? But it's it's good. You'll like it. There's there are some there are some things in this movie where if you squint and look sideways, it will not work. It falls but apart a little really bit. You really just have to just take the journey of the movie Roll and it's with it. thoroughly enjoyable. Just I'll say this: there's there was so a... many good jokes in this movie, yeah, and so many just like little carefully placed things. And there are three scenes in this movie that just hit you right in the heart there was a show on when i was like in sixth grade called herman's head bongo has a great exit it was a it was about this guy who you could see inside his head and whenever i saw the preview for inside out i was like that's herman's head so go ahead nathan all right these are my two favorite pixar movies this Uh, is like my elimination eric just went it goes eric then me nathan's and i knew i was gonna be last the whole time so i'm very excited about this kid eliminate them you eliminated Incredibles. Incredibles. Oh, yeah, that or in French, uh, Les Incroyables. <laughs> so, these are my two favorite Pixar movies, Ratatouille and Coco. Ratatouille is, like, the best movie about how, like, anyone can do anything. And, like, it's, like, um like, and it's such a great, like, there's so many layers to this movie that I love. And Coco is, like, it took me by surprise. I did not expect to like it so much, and I literally cried in the theater. And which people who know me will find that probably surprising. But it's just a movie about, like, connecting with your family, like, like, like loving the your elders uh and it's just it's really fun movie and accepting people for who they are yeah it's just these movies are both so great it's really hard for me to pick um it's my two favorite pixar movies ratatouille was my favorite pixar movie for a really long time i don't know if this is recency bias i'm just gonna pick coco as the winner um i don't think that there's a loser here coco is my favorite movie of last year coco say that coco down um what did i pick as my that and get out yeah, Get Out was my favorite movie last year. Coco was my second favorite. You're, and I think I'm going Coco and then Get Out. Would you? What would you have eliminated, Kevin? Because you you seemed excited to get the last pick too. Would you have Would you have kept Ratatouille? Or? I would have cut Ratatouille. You would have cut Ratatouille. I would have cut Ratatouille just but but again, I feel like our last three movies were all tens. Yeah, and Incredibles is probably a and ten too. Incredibles is a fringe ten too. I can't. I don't know if it's a nine or a ten. The but thing, it's so thing good. on me is I think I like Incredibles more than Inside Out. But I mean, honestly, I'm splitting hairs at I this point. I think Inside Out is a more touching movie. 
but Incredibles is probably a better watchability movie. And so I feel like they, they're tens for a different reason. But I feel like our final two was a great final two because they're a ten in watchability and they're a ten in yeah. message well, and emotion. I've, I've watched Coco four times this school year <laughs> because of testing. And I've watched Ratatouille three times this year. And guess what? I like them. They Both good, of those are good. really great movies. Going back to The Incredibles, I don't see how we kept that on the list and took out Toy Story 3. Oh, okay. I like because that. Because Incredibles, it's incredible. It's great. But I just no, it's 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 anyway, honestly I you, put you guys it, excited for Toy Story four. I feel like Toy Story three takes no. a little while to find its feet. If I'm being honest, could be good. I was not excited for Toy Story three, so the fact that I'm not excited for Toy Story four tells me everything I need to know. All right. Yeah. All right. So uh, for Eric Ronovic, Kevin Garber, I'm Nathan Santo. Send us your three favorite Pixar movies on Twitter, and we'll see you next week. Go Hawks. Good time, bro.